welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by the man whose occupational hazard is that his occupation is just not around, Mr. Shane Reeves. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, some it, it, days... It's all the shirt. I try to make it easy on you. <laughs> I really do. Some days I wear the tropical shirt just to make it easy on you, just to make it where you don't have to think too hard. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. And I'll, it's beautiful. I, I saw your shirt through the window when I pulled in. And and I said, ah, I've got the perfect intro this week. It's <laughs> just easy as it can be. Exactly. Glad I glad I could make your life a little easier. But let's light our cigars because I got all kinds of stuff to talk about. All right. And only some of it involves cigars remotely. I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, we're both in that kind of energetic level where you don't know what kind of show we're going to get tonight. It's going to yeah. be interesting. Now, folks, it's it's a roll of the dice. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you. Just hold on. It could be good or it could go way off the rails. And just before we get our cigars lit, I do want to tell the listeners that it's probably not shame breathing into the mic this week. It's actually that we're sitting outside, and it's a bit windy. That's true. Now, well, I could still breathe into the mic. I'm sure you will as well. But, uh, no, it's been it's been great having the kind of weather where we can sit out here and smoke a cigar finally. Spring is officially here, getting into that 80-degree days with the cool nights. I'm loving it. Uh, well, I've got a pr- I've got a problem that I have to address, but first let's get our cigars lit. All right, I'm going to go first because it's going to take me a minute. This cigar was a gift f- uh, that was given to me by my uncle who just got back from Honduras. It is called the Honduras Vintage. It comes in a little box that just says "Made in Honduras, totally by hand, 100% tobacco, uh, Santa Rosa de Copan." The Internet is not giving me anything on this cigar. This, he bought it a, a, right before he got on a bus to go back to the airport. So the the only thing that, I, that it has going for it is that it's not trying to be a Cuban. Okay, before you lie, can I get, have a whiff of that? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Come on. Hey, can we switch sides of the table so I'm not up? So the wind's not blowing it. This toward... isn't that bad. That smells like sage grass. No, it doesn't. <laughs> sage it... grass filled with ostr- <laughs> ostrich ostrich <laughs> hair fertilized by ostriches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. No, it's a. What I can find out from this online is that it's actually most likely made in the Florida Santa Rosa, or no, the Florida Copan factory. Which has some ties to Altitis. You know, this is the danger of having a hobby. When you have a hobby, somebody will say, oh, Shane's a cigar guy. Let's get... I'm, I'm going to need a backup for the second half of the show. I, 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 love, I love the look on your face when you put that cigar in your mouth just now. It does look to be a... Uh, definitely a Cuban sandwich. Well, the, uh, the dust when you cut it just <laughs> flew over here in an entire wave. So definitely a Cuban sandwich, tons of tobacco salad, big old stem sticking oh, up there. Yeah, this man. is going to be an experience, ladies do, and gentlemen. Do you need my knife so that you can prune your... I got a machete in the truck. Yeah, I mean, well, that's probably how they found the tobacco <laughs> that wound up in the cigar to begin with. No, you're right, though. It is one of those challenges when you have a, a, a hobby, especially one like smoking cigars, when people go 
and they see that oh yeah over, and it's funny because they they go to central and uh, Central America all the time they're big scuba divers and so they never bring anything back but he just happened to see send me a picture of boxes and boxes of boxes of, of cigars and I was like I don't recognize any of those he's like all right I'll pick a couple and bring them back so I've got this and I've got one other I think this is a Connecticut wrapper it's a bunch of different colors. It's from Southwest Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell no, you. It's, I, from the, it's from the bad side of town. It's Connecticut a, wrapper. Well, it's the color of a Connecticut wrapper with a little bit of candela thrown in there uh, and rustoleum. <laughs> yeah, it's this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Um, and I, you know, I was just I was searching for content on the show, and I read an article about assassinated assassinations using exploding cigars. Oh, and you think that uh, my time has come? Well, no, I would just be ticked if somebody, like my cigar, blew up and killed somebody, because this is a good cigar. It would seem a shame to blow it up. I could pack that sucker full of nitro. I don't think the world would miss a lick. <laughs> is it lighting? That's the question. Well, while he lights it, I'm going to tell you about mine. I'm, I'm experiencing a little humidor fatigue right now in my life. I've been traveling a lot and going to different humidors. So the humidor here has lost some of its luster. It draws not bad. Um, so I just went with the standby. When I get the classic, when I get the humidor fatigue, I just go to the standby, go back to the basics, start working my way back up. So I grab my favorite. I grab the Undercrown Shade. It's an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, Nicaraguan binders and fillers. It is an outstanding... Holy cow, the smell of that cigar is... It, it, it is. Wow. It is a smell. It is definitely I, a smell. I've got he whoever sold him that cigar had a had a parrot on their shoulder. I'm sure of an it. An eye and patch a and a parrot on their shoulder. <laughs> I guarantee you. And all, but I'm gonna light my underground shade and try to counteract some of the smell wafting. What's your first impression? My first impression is that it's actually not bad. It reminds me of. Um, some of the cheaper cigars that were around when I first started smoking that have kind of gone by the wayside, uh, Don Tomas comes to mind. Just it's it's very light on body and flavor. Like I said, the construction's pretty good. I mean, the draw's fine. It's definitely um, it took a while to lit. I'll be interested. The flavor is the flavor's not bad. It's just different. Well, it smells like a Dutch Masters. Yeah, I mean it smells. It, I don't know that that's a handmade cigar. It smells like the machine maids of of old. Well, if you can't trust a cardboard box that says "totally by hand," then uh, what can you trust? Well, now hold on. Does it say "totally by hand" or does it say "hecho in Honduras"? It says "hecho in Honduras, totalmente a mano." Okay, so totally by hand, one hundred percent tobacco. And then what uh, I assumed was the name of the factory, but turns out that's the name of a city in Honduras. Holy cow. So the bottom of the box is press wood. Yes. They didn't even spring for all nope. for the extra four sides of wood to right. go into that. And the top is only half of a top. I'll put a picture of this up on uh, Instagram. The, yeah, the, the little slide in the box is, is also press wood, cardboard, basically. And... Uh, doesn't even go the whole length of the thing, I guess, so you can show off this beautiful band. Yes, the black and gold band. <laughs> it, it's, it's an interesting presentation. I figure it's it's in, in every gift shop in duty-free store found at the cruise dock. 
Oh yeah, it's definitely uh, This is definitely a cigar that only tourists are buying Yeah, but So, coming back to the show Before we get into the legislative news Because we got a big one this week Before we do that When this drops Saturday It will be the two year anniversary of my best friend Ace will be two this Saturday when Oh, this cigar drops. Mazel Tov and he is he is now joined the War of the Doves at my house. Oh yeah, is he on it? Yeah, he's he's right there. The dove flew in there today, and Ace was after her. He asked me not to blow dart any more of them because the darts get stuck in his teeth. So now I gotta get a tennis racket and kind of whack them out of the sky. <laughs> and all of these things are are hypothetical, honey. We're really not burying doves in the backyard underneath the tree on the far left corner. Um, none of that's actually happening here. <laughs> But my so part, I I, ha- I do know that a tennis racket works wonders with carpenter bees. Is it as effective with doves? The tennis racket is the perfect pest control device. It really is. You can I mean, get bats, anything. doves. You know that you can get a good draw. You can get a good swing on it. Although I don't recommend killing bats. Bats are very helpful. You if, don't want them in your belfry, but well, <laughs> if if I happen to run across one and he's not bothering me, I won't bother him. And if, as long as he's not building a nest on my porch with the doves, he's welcome to stay out. You know, I, I'm generally a live and let live until it comes time to assault. But when it comes time for hand-to-hand combat, I'll take a tennis racket. My, I would fight a werewolf of a tennis racket. The same person who gave me this cigar was telling me that a badminton racket is actually his preferred tool because you get a little bit more of that wrist action, which is very effective or when you're dealing with carpenter bees, but I would imagine you need the weight, the mass that a tennis racket offers for a bird. Well, picking up a high-quality tennis racket at a yard sale is much easier than picking up a high-quality badminton racket. Is there such thing as a high-quality badminton racket? I, I've never had one that the head didn't snap off the third swing. Right. At all. And if it actually hit the shuttlecock, it would just blow into pieces <laughs> like an 80s action movie. <laughs> like the boss at an 80s action movie just cranked up the truck. So... No, I do not know that that's necessarily there. But, all right, let's talk legislation. But I did want to wish Ace a happy birthday. Everybody has said that it'll get better when he's two. He'll calm down. He'll mellow out. They lie. They lie. They lie. Tasmanian, uh, Labradors are like owning Tasmanian devils. You just control the chaos as best you can. Yeah, that's really all you can do. So, proposed legislation in the U.S. House of Representatives would ban online sale of cigars. And they rolled flavored into this as well. The sale of flavored cigars and increase the minimum purchase age of tobacco to 21 in the U.S. Let's not spend too much time on the age thing because we beat that horse to death. Age thing is the least important part of this. I could give a care. When will this... Can, okay. Every article of these I read is the same thing. In response to the rise of teen use of e-cigarettes, we want to enact new regulations. Yeah. Let's punish everyone who's doing things correctly for the actions of a few. Well, e-cigarettes is an empty bag. Right. There's no money to be had there. So what they're trying to do is make a cash grab at the same time. And they're assaulting cigars to do it. Online sales of cigars needs to happen because there's times that's the only way you're going to get the stuff you want. You know, I there's times, you know, no matter where you live, there are going to be cigars you can only find online. And then depending on where you live, 
online may be the only option you have for getting cigars. You know, I used to live over an hour from the nearest cigar shop. You know, I had no choice but to order online. Yeah, and it increases competition, which it keeps the prices. Because let me tell you, the price of the cigar in the brick and mortar is already at its peak. It is, especially around here. Yeah. The, the cigar price of the brick and mortar is really kind of moving up at its peak. Is that cigar putting green hair on your tongue? It is. It's, uh, it's, co- it's, like, I'm, it's like they put some hard coat lacquer in the middle of it that I'm getting. It's, it's coating my mouth quite well, a bit. They put it in the box, then lacquered the box. That's right. <laughs> That's the way that works. But banning online sales is stupid. This whole thing. Now, luckily, this is just discussed. This does not even have a bill number yet. Yeah. So maybe they're going to get this killed off. But what is wrong with just going after vape and e-cigarettes and being done with it? Why must they roll all of my stuff into that? Or, you know, I I think about this in terms of um, alcohol sales. That's done on a state-by-state level. You know, some states you can order like wine of the month club kind of things. And you can have wine mail ordered or you can have spirits mail ordered as long as there's someone 21 and up to, to sign for it when it arrives. Right. Why is that so hard to do with, with this? You know, it, it, first and foremost, make it a state by state thing. Let Tennessee, Alabama, Connecticut, Colorado, let them decide whether or not they want to allow people to sell cigars or receive cigars online from online sales. And then secondly, just require someone 18 or older or whatever that state's minimum purchase age is, uh, or, or just make it all 21. Again, I'm fine with that. If you you know, you know have to be 18 to, to purchase cigars, but 21 to order them online, I don't have a problem with that. And just require someone to be home to sign for it. It's that easy. But again, this is a problem. This is a solution without a problem. Yeah. Teenagers are not buying cigars and smoking them. That is, you should see that cigar when you puff on it from this side. Oh. It's like tunneled an inch and a half down in there. <laughs> it's like a railway train coming through a, a... I will be smoking a different cigar when we come back from the break. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tunnel's been painted oh, I've on I've got a, a headache now. Oh. But, yes, yeah, so... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dwell on this a lot because it's stupid. Yeah, but it is worth repeat. Re- well, the reporting other, upon the other thing too. You have to have, in order to purchase something online, you have to have a credit card, which means you have to be 18. Right. Well, you can get a debit card younger. Actually, I don't even know if you can. No, you gotta be 18 for you can have le- any legally enforceable document. Well, but I wasn't sure if you could have a debit card if you have a bank account with. Say your parent on it or whatever. I, I I don't know, but either way, the point remains. You have to have a, a debit or credit card, which means you have to be eighteen. So, thereby, the the restrictions are already in place. And then if you're if you're still having an issue, well, then your problem is with the parents giving their kids a credit card, or with the kids stealing credit cards from their family. You know, it's just yeah, it's a it's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, there's. It's stupid. It's foolish. They're wasting our money and time. I don't know why we're having to deal with this at all, but we're not going to deal with it any further. We're going to move on and talk about cigars. Phoenicia Trading selects blends for 40th anniversary Ramon Ayones Phoenicia. So this is in Cuba, and this is the Cuban Ramon Ayones. Okay. I bring this article up for a, for a reason. So top... 
top management of three cigar companies. So probably um, 90, or not 90, excuse me, probably nine or ten people sat down. Mm -hmm. And they gave them two cigars, and we said, we want you to smoke these two cigars and tell us which one of these would be the the Ramona Yones blend you would like to represent us in 40th anniversary. I'm not sure how I could handle that. Because do you smoke the one cigar all the way down, and then do you wait a couple hours and smoke the other one? Do you light one in each hand and, and <laughs> comparative puff? I mean, how do you... How do you go about making this ruling if asked? I think you smoke an inch off of one. Some type of palate cleanser. You know, we've talked about those, you know, right. unsweet tea or whatever it is, coffee. Then you smoke an inch of the next one. Do you double back? Yeah. Now, what are you looking for? You're looking for construction, complexity, flavor. I... I, I I mean, there's got to be a way. I mean, that's what blending is. Now, what I don't necessarily agree with is the fact that they only gave them one of each. I think they should have given them at least two of each, maybe even three. That way you can smoke an inch, an inch, and then not have to go back and relight a dead cigar. So then you come back and you... <laughs> this is the problem with recording outside, is that you get people driving up and blasting their music trying to get our attention, and oh, it works yeah. because we're a couple of cocker spaniels. Sure. So, you know, so I think then you take the second cigar, you maybe smoke half of it, and then the other one, and maybe do them in reverse order. I think you need more than one of each cigar to be able to do that correctly. See, it takes me two cigars to really form an opinion on a cigar. Rarely ever, with the possible exception of the vintage Robusto Honduran um, ostrich turd, whatever it is that you're smoking. Now, I, I don't even have to smoke that to know that's not a good cigar. You know, I, I am I am making a lot of it. It's actually, it, it's, this is a, what, see, one was only if a third world dictator. Right. Two was rather not smoke than smoke this. Right. This is between two and three. Okay. It's not. It's not so bad that I wish I weren't smoking a cigar. Okay. But it's not one I would ever seek out ever again. Man, that Batmobile's a cool car. It is. Red drives. That Mercedes. Is it Mercedes? What is that? Yeah, it's a SLS. It's SLS convertible. Mm. It's just a great ride. And I, when, I, when he pulls up in it and you see that pulled back, that hood pulled back, that's just, that's a great ride. But anyway, so... So, yeah, it takes a couple of cigars to pronounce. And we kind of talked about this in our cigar rating episode a few weeks back about how, you know, if you're going to judge based on construction and draw and things like that, that's not a judgment you can make off of one cigar because there is going to be variant one cigar to one cigar. But if every time you smoke the cigar, you can't draw through it, um, then maybe that does. Yeah. And there, you know, there have been cigars that I've condemned after one smoking. Yeah. And all, and there's you know, there's been cigars that, you know, I got a box of them and I had to let it set for a year, you know, had to let it come into its own, had to let the humidification get right, had to let me get in the right mindset to enjoy right. that cigar. So there is some of that goes on. So this sitting down at an event and okay, here's the two cigars, pick one. That's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure. And all. Now, thankfully, you're with your buddies. Y'all are all hanging out. Probably a little rum being passed around. Probably not that big a... Yeah, and I think probably in a, in a room like this, because you're dealing with, you know, industry experts, 
you're going to get a lot of feedback from maybe you have half of them start with one and half start with the other. And then you, you know, maybe compare notes on a clean palette versus a dirty palette. Although I've got to admit, if I were a top executive for a cigar company, I don't think I would ever have a clean palette ever again. I would just smoke so many cigars. You would just smoke constantly? But see, what that goes back to my thing. Wouldn't it lose its thrill? Possibly. Wouldn't it lose the fun? If all you did was smoke cigars, wouldn't it kind of lose that that luster? I don't think smoking cigars would ever lose that for me. I don't know. Like I said, right now, I'm kind of my palate's in a weird place right now because I'm kind of going through. Um, you know, I've got humidor fatigue from here. I've got humidor fatigue at home. I'm not really happy with what I've got in my humidor at home. Nothing bad, but nothing Just I'm not excited to grab yeah. and start smoking. So as I'm struggling through this time, you know, I'm going. I went back to the basics. Now this shade is always good. Mm-hmm. It's always perfect. The blend is always good. Got that little hint of Sumatra to it that tickles the tongue. The mild cigar. You know, I I got here early, even though somebody else got here late. I got here early. And didn't get to stop and have dinner, so I'm smoking on an empty stomach. Yeah. So it kind of just, it's one of those things that I'm trying to rebuild my palate. I think I think my palate has crashed and, and I'm I, having to rebuild. You know, I, I think that's why, you know, we talk about me being more like the, the monogamous cigar smoker. It, you know, and I think I get into phases where even within my, you know, standard cache of, say, six or seven regular go-to cigars, I will go through periods where I, I trend towards one more than the other or stay away from this one and kind of let my palate, palate balance out. Like, case in point, I haven't had a Crowned Heads, uh, Yellow Rose or Tennessee Waltz or Buckeye Land in uh, over a month. Um, and the last one I smoked was a Buckeye Land. I haven't had a, a Waltz or a Rose in in 2019 yet. Right. So you just... Just kind of get your palate over, back. Yeah, I just overloaded on it, and uh, I need to cool the jets for a little bit before I can go back to it. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting evolution and all. And I, now, by next week, I may be all about it again. It may all be back. You know. Also, I've been in probably one of the higher stress situations of my life, trying to get, you know, the new career started. You know, the old career is great. I'm not yeah. quitting what I'm doing, but I'm adding to it. Going through schooling, going through certifications, taking tests, and like a fool, I decided to do it on the weekends so it would be even harder. Right. And, you know, just all of these things are just snowballing and keep coming. So maybe that's affecting my palate. Maybe my stress level is affecting my palate. I think it does. I think it definitely does affect your palate because it, it means that every cigar you smoke is is for a different purpose than it would be otherwise. You. It, when once at least I find for myself once my stress gets to a certain level, it, it nothing will bring it down. Well, also I hate smoking on a timer. Right. I hate when somebody says, "Okay, you know, we would be at the class and we would have an hour for lunch." So I'd grab something to eat, and the cigar store was there, and I'd try to gauge a cigar that would last me about thirty-five minutes. But you lose the joy of the cigar because you're looking at your watch. Okay, uh, I got three more puffs. Uh, you know, right. I got to get back. I got to get this done. You no, know, I, I, it does make me miss the days when you could smoke in buildings. Now I know that you probably wouldn't, even if it were allowed. But I mean, yeah, I don't have the dexterity for that. But for me, you know, one of the things I learned when I was in college is how much the stimulant from the nicotine actually helps me focus. So being able to smoke in a classroom would be 
wonderful for me. It, it would actually allow me to focus and, and stay plugged in really easily. I was born about 20 years too late, I guess. Oh, well, such is the way. But let's take a quick break. Let's hit the cigar under eight. When we come back, got to talk about the new flying pigs. Got to talk about a few more things cigar-related, a few more things non. All right, well, we'll be back with that and more after this. this week's Cigar Under 8. This week we're going to talk about one of my favorite cigars, and this is a cigar I was turned on to because of the Cigar Cast. Yeah, this has been one of my favorite cigars for a long time. It's the Jaime Garcia, who so it's named after the son of Don Pepin. And it's just a great medium-full to full-bodied smoke. It's not quite a Nicaraguan Puro with a Connecticut broadleaf, broadleaf wrapper. Well, and it's dark. The wrapper is really dark. I, when I actually had to look twice when it said Connecticut Broadleaf, because I always thought it was a Maduro wrapper. Yeah, I did too. But it's got so much pepper and spice, which is really characteristic of the My Father blend. Yeah, it does everything that Don Pepin does. It does it very well. And you can get, you know, even even up until the Toro or the Bellicoso sizes for closer to $7 than 8 Yeah, still a great cigar. Um... The Super Toro, the or excuse me, Super Gordo, is the one I like. It's a, I think it's a 64 by five and a half. Mm-hmm. Great smoke, slow smoke takes its time. Um, the only thing now, this is not a smooth drawing smoke. It, it, it's got a little more resistance. It does, which is it, it falls perfect for me, but it's a little little tight for you. Yeah, it's a little tighter draw than what I like, but it's still a very good cigar. Until next week, try the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. And the man who is deaf for the rest of the show and blind from this horrible weed of cigar that he's been forced to endure, Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. I know I did say that I was going to switch the break, but we took such a short break that I didn't have the opportunity. So I'm going to muscle it through another 20 minutes. Well, we're, you know, we're recording again. We're recording on a time schedule. Mm. We've got to both slow our lives down. We're spending way too much time running from point A to point B yeah, in our especially lives. especially because my workday is not over. Typically, we record on Wednesday nights after my you know, workday is over, and I'm having to kind of shoehorn this one in because I've got a late appointment that I've got to get all the way on the other side of town through rush hour traffic for, uh, which rush hour traffic also being why I'm late. So I'm really not in a, in a good way right now. Anyway. Yeah, and, and I don't know why. You, you know, you had to know that wasn't going to be a good cigar. I was prepared to be surprised. Yeah, that that's probably the most optimistic thing you've ever said. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I, I I really will say it is not the worst cigar I've ever had. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah, and also Drew Estate, they've resent out their flying pigs. Now, what's your opinion of the flying pig? I like it, but I'm not a huge fan of the shape, so I tend not to smoke it. The only one I like is the feral flying pig because it's six inches long. Mm-hmm. These are all four inch long by 60 ring gauge, and they're kind of tapered on both ends. It's not enough cigar, especially for the money. Right. 
it's just I don't know. The flying pigs could go away, and it wouldn't bother me at all because I don't think you know the feral flying pig I would like to keep. But the regular, you know, the T-52, the number nine, the shade, the sun-grown, the KFC, the regular Maduro Undercrown, they're good cigars. The Flying Pigs are good cigars, but they're just so short. I just right. can't enjoy them. I need, yeah, I would I like need to a see, little bit more for my cigar than that. Yeah, you know, at twelve fifty-four to $19 each, you really, you need a little more cigar for your money. Right. And also, the Flying Pigs, not my favorite thing, but let's talk about something we teased a couple of weeks ago. Cigar games. Okay. Cigar shop games. Because something's wrong with my poker game. I don't know what's going on with my poker game. I don't know what has happened. I've got something wrong with my poker game. I'm going to have to confer with a poker coach or something and bring it back. Because I went from like $200 million on World Series of Poker app down to 7000 in the span of like a week. Oh, wow. Um, I haven't won poker here in like four weeks. And I've, you know, I'm usually in the top three if not the top five and i haven't done anything something somewhere something has gotten crisscrossed in my poker game and i'm gonna have to you got the yips i i'm, I'm gonna have to check the check the the game tape i wonder if austin let me use the security monitor to watch the game tape <laughs> check That's the funny. game tape hey i need to see what's wrong with well, my poker I, game. I think that goes back to the stress thing i i think that you know it's kind of like once once your stress level gets to a certain point, it's really hard to disengage. And I think it may be creeping its way into your poker game, especially since it's been about the same amount of time. You know, that lines up. It kind of lines up with when I've been going to class every weekend and, you know, basically not having time off and trying to keep things going at my business. And all it kind of my poker game falling off kind of coincides with that. So yeah. that could be an indication of that. But what is... The ultimate game when you're smoking a cigar. Uh, I, you know, I really think poker is hard to beat. It's better when you are somewhere where there's a dealer so that you're not having to constantly. Because the only thing I hate about playing poker while I'm trying to smoke a cigar or trying to smoke a cigar while I play poker is having to shuffle or deal or something like that. It, it, it takes away from it. We talked about dominoes the other week. Yeah, see, I like dominoes because dominoes, there is no dealer. Everybody handles their own business. You kind of hold your cigar with one hand, and you can manipulate the dominoes with the other one fairly effectively. Dominoes is pretty good. Dominoes is good. The problem with dominoes for me is the fact that, number one, it's supposed to be a fairly fast-paced game. So it's really hard to... And, and for people that take it seriously and are pretty good, it, it's a lot like poker. You're keeping track of who's playing what, what is left out there. If you're using a bone pile, you know, you're trying to figure out what's in there and, and what everyone has. It's a fast-paced game, so you don't really get to enjoy your cigar very much. The other thing is that I don't think I've ever met two people who play dominoes the same way. Right. Unless they were taught by the same person. Yeah. It is such, there are so many rules and variations to dominoes that if you're new to a shop, it can be really hard to slip into a table. Right. What are the house rules as such? Yeah. You know, and I mean, even to a degree with poker, you know, we have house rules of our game. That's why we have a commissioner. Mm -hmm. And all, you have to have somebody to settle disputes. You know, we have a poker commissioner. And all. I'm, I'm hoping to get voted out of office at some point. But I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't think I will either. And I don't think it's because it's, I'm doing such a good job. I think it's because no one else wants it. Nobody else wants to herd cats for three hours on Tuesday night. No. <laughs> and all. But that's all part of it. I'll tell you what a great game for cigars is, though. 
because I think it hits on the pros of both poker and dominoes is chess. It's very slow paced. It's very intellectual. You can do it with one hand. Now, granted, it's only two people at a time, so you don't get the communal aspect you get with poker. But I find to play chess and smoke a cigar to be very, very entertaining. Yes, chess is a good game for it, but chess is not relaxing. Chess has never been a relaxing game to me because I like to win and I'm not that good. Well, but by that same token, neither dominoes nor poker are really relaxing for you either. Ah, poker, so much of poker is left up to the cards. The poker, once you master, okay, if I'm holding three of a kind and this is on the board, this is what I'm going to do, you know. Don't be holding three of a kind with four hearts on the board and go all in. You know, once you master some rudimentary aspects of poker, it's you kind of get into your groove, into your rhythm. And uh, dominoes is the same thing. You kind of keep track. And dominoes, you know, um, I'll tell you, great poker game, or great cigar game, backgammon. Love backgammon. That is a game that I have no idea how to play, and I've always wanted to learn. I'll bring a set. You and yeah. I'll sit down one night. I'll teach you. It'll take you 30 seconds to learn how to play it. It's all about counting to 12. It's easy as the world. You roll the dice. There's excitement. So where are my flip-flops? Yeah, where are your flip-flops? <laughs> it's just a very easy game to enjoy. Now, pretty much leave out anything by Parker Brothers. You know, I was yeah. banned from playing Monopoly because I kept lighting the $100 bills to light my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept getting banned for that. No, and I think that's a good point. You know, I love board games. We grew up playing board games. But anything that requires setup, I think, is definitely off the table as a cigar game. You know, Mousetrap being the extreme example. You don't want to be, you know, trying to set up Mousetrap. Well, it's hard to look like an adult when you're playing Mousetrap. Well, but the same goes with any type. It's hard to look like an adult when you're playing Monopoly or Life or Clue. Um, Clue is one of my favorite games. I love it. But... You know, it's just, it doesn't, it's not real conducive to, you know, smoking a cigar or even playing it in the cigar shop. I have played Uno in this shop several times, and that's a great, any card game is great. Uno, Skip Bow, Glenda and I have whiled away many an hour smoking cigars playing Skip Bow. She's tremendously better at it than I am. Another game that I've never played. Very enjoyable. Again, counting to 12. You stay away from games where you have to count to 12, don't you? That's right. It's because I'm missing toes. Oh, that must be it. (laughs) (laughs) But... The, the, but let's talk about as a group. See, I know I'm going to come under fire from this. I know you're not going to agree with me. Trivia is a stupid ideal in a cigar shop. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. Keep the trivia in the bars. Trivia, a cigar lounge is not meant to have that much of an interactive activity. People come to a bar to socialize. People don't necessarily come to a cigar shop to socialize. People come here to work. People come to meet up with a friend and have a conversation. People, some people come to socialize, but there's a lot of different things that draw you in. And I don't think a cigar lounge has the, height, the, the elevated activity level to justify trivia. I think trivia is fun. I haven't played it in a while, but I, I think it belongs in a bar, not a cigar shop. I do too. You know, the the thing is, if the bar you're going to does, has trivia on Wednesday night, you can go two miles down the road and be at another bar. Mm-hmm. 
if your cigar shop you goes to you go to has trivia night, you're pretty much shot for the night. Yeah. You're pretty much okay. I'm gonna try to sit outside and maybe nobody will interrupt me. And there's always limited outdoor seating with cigar lounges and limited by the weather and everything else. I mean, it don't make sense to spend a fortune on outdoor seating when, you know, right. six months out of the year, you may not be able to use it. That and the fact that most people who want to smoke a cigar outside are going to grab it and go to their porch at home or whatever. The, the number of people that actually come to a cigar shop to sit outside to smoke their cigar is fairly, fairly small. Well, now I feel exonerated. Now I feel like I've, I, that's a much better, because I, I always thought, you know, they... Years ago, they did poker here on Tuesday nights, and then they replaced it with trivia, and the owner went out of business at all, and I believe it was because of that decision. And then we brought our own um, trivia back of our, or not trivia, poker back of our own accord and organized our own poker group. Right. And all, and you know, the, we give to Cigars for Warriors, so it's for charity. It all works out. Much easier to work out that way, but I was just—I was curious what your stance on trivia was going to be for the cigar shop. And all, so moving back to cigars. Mm-hmm. And all, what did you smoke this week that knocked your socks off? Anything? Uh, I—we've both been running and gunning so fast. I'm trying to remember what all I smoked this week. Well, when I passed the exam, my final exam for my courses. I went down and I got a Tatawahe Grand Cru. At all, the grand, the it's the granddaddy of the line of Tatawahe. And this is what I love about Tatawahe. Their premium, most rare, most epic cigar. It was a six by sixty, no label, fifteen bucks. Yeah, you know. So if you're a big spender with Tatawahe, you're still in good shape. It's true. No, I did. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of holding out this week. I'm waiting for, I don't know if you saw a few months ago, Crownheads rele- uh, announced a special release for Smoker's Abbey, which is a local shop here in Nashville. It's only going to be found in that shop. They pre-ordered just about everything that's being produced, but it's not a shop cigar in as, in what you can usually would consider a shop cigar. Because it's actually made by and blended by Crowned Heads exclusively for this shop. And it's supposed to hit shelves this week at some point. And I was there yesterday, and they didn't have it yet. So I'm really holding out for that cigar. But I will tell you, I was up at Casa last week, and their uh, Cigar of the Month is the H. Upman, A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Good cigar. Dude, that's a good cigar. Really good cigar. That's, you know, and they do a great job of having that Cigar of the Month. And I think every shop should have a Cigar of the Mm -hmm. Month. Cigar of the Month is a great gimmick for a shop. You know, knock a few bucks off of it. Get people where they're trying them out, where they're liking them. Yeah, and this one, it's the Robusto size. No, maybe the Toro size. It was a fine length. It, um, theirs are usually an Altitus product um, because that's, you know, right, who, owns, that's who shop. owns it. But they were two for nine bucks with, with any purchase. And I've got to tell you, I was talking to Hutch on, like, the third of the month or something. They said they'd already been through, like, 50 of them. Oh, like, yeah. It's a great way. And, and now, I'll tell you what, even when it's not April anymore and I go back in there, that'll be one that I make sure and grab on the regular because I had, I'd had one, but I forgot how good it was. And I just absolutely love it every time I pick it up. Now it's in your rotation. Yeah, exactly. And also, we're on Easter weekend. We are. Friday is my traditional Good Friday fishing trip. 
headed down there probably leaving Thursday evening, going to spend the night down there with Mom and Dad and fish all day Friday. Have you looked at um, what cigars you're going to take with you and smoke? So I've, so the fishing category cigars, this is interesting, because it kind of goes from good, medium, great, mm-hmm. and all are medium, good, great, because I need a cigar to ride down there with. Now, when I'm going to be driving, it's about an hour and a half, hour and three quarters for me to get down there from my place. And I really don't like to do two cigars in that time. So I'm looking for that hour and a half, hour and three quarter cigar. As fast as I smoke, you know, that's probably a JFR Lunatic. It's probably going to be the 8 by 60 which is a size I wish more people would make. Actually, I think I'm going to call Pedro and say, Pedro, what would it cost for you to make the Shane 8 by 60 (laughs) Because... The problem with the 770 is lockjaw. Right. You know, the seven... And that's the problem I have with 60s. Okay. Yeah, you've just got a smaller a smaller aperture than what I do. Right. And the... I think listeners to the show would corroborate that. <laughs> you, know, you notice I use the word aperture instead of big mouth. Right. But the, the 60 ring gauge is my favorite ring gauge. 60 ring gauge is perfect. The 6x60 is good. But the 8 by 60 now you're talking. Now, that's a two-hour smoke. I can fire that up when I get in the truck. It's going to smoke a little bit faster than normal. But then that, that evening, my father and I are going to have a little whiskey together, and I want a really nice cigar for that. So that's got to be a Padron. Mm-hmm. Must be a Padron to sit there and enjoy that evening with the, wa- the wind coming off of the river and the fresh air and everything like that. That must be a Padron. But then i got to go to my fishing cigar. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go to a to a cigar that is expendable is probably the operative term with the fishing cigar. And usually that's just a house blend of some sort or another. Something that if, you know, if I hook a big fish and it shoots out of my mouth into the water, I don't cry for 10 minutes while I'm trying to get the right. fish in. And uh, thankfully I don't wear waders because never shoot out, shoot out of my mouth straight down the waders. <laughs> I know exactly how that would work. I've been lucky to never have that problem, but... That is the risk you take. Well, the trick to that is to keep moving, keep it from settling in on any particular. You're tipping that that ashtray is going to catch on fire. The little box is just a fire hazard. I was knocking on wood is what I was doing. Oh, okay. I thought you were tapping your ash into that little box. No, I I mean, I could. It's nice. Yeah, that's going to catch on fire. We're going to be out here trying to put that out. (laughs) The box, as a matter of fact... Throw the cigar away, smoke the box. <laughs> okay, I really think that's the direction you should go at this point. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of fun this this um, particular era of picking on your cigar. But, so it's a lot of thought, a lot of preparations got to go into this, and this humidor fatigue I'm experiencing is not making that any easier. No, I bet. I'm sure a couple of shades will make it down there. Oh, yeah, a couple of shades always going to make the cut. And, all. and I'll even risk a shade while I'm fishing if the fish ain't biting. Yeah. And all, but it never fails. As soon as I light a cigar, the fish start biting. Hey, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, yeah my father, hey, light up another one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I've been smoking for four hours. I need to break. You turning green. <laughs> yeah, wheezing and coughing. No, 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 we're catching them. Keep it up. <laughs> so, but anyway. Well, let's wrap it up for the evening. And all this was a very slow news week for cigars. It was, and all the shows coming up, and I think a lot of a lot of people are starting to to hoard their news for the show. 
I think we're about a week or two away from really starting to see. Yeah, we'll start to see some announcements in the ramp up. You know, this will be officially released here, blah, blah, blah. But I think, yeah, we're in that, that period of time where there's, oh, so I'm not the only one having cigar issues, huh? I had, a, I had a stem right in the end of my you shade. Did. You just pulled three ounces of tobacco out of the end of that thing. That's amazing. I've never seen that from a shade. Me neither. I had a, I had a stem, but that's it, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Well, but anyway, I want to uh, let everyone know that you can always get a hold of us at info at thecigarcast.com, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, the shade is perfect as always. It was the cigar I needed tonight. I'm looking forward to I'll finish it up and then go find some dinner and just enjoying it. What's the judgment on the vintage Robusto? Uh, a three. We'll, we'll round up to a three. Uh, it's... You know, it's it's a lot like there's no flavor whatsoever. So it's the I'm getting the enjoyment from smoking a cigar without any of the actual enjoyment coming from the cigar itself. No palate feel. Right, exactly. But um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever have another one. But I I don't feel like I uh, wasted an evening smoking this and one. You're very appreciative to the person that oh, gave always, it to you. Always, always. And also, thank you everyone for listening this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.